Jarvis, drop my needle. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day. Woo! That's an attention getter. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. Oh my God, he's an idiot. You know, of course, that you're out of your jurisdiction. Personally, I think you're an idiot. But that's the evidence in the car. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Always like to keep my audience riveted. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range Idiocy, the podcast about everything, but mostly just the stuff we like. You would think that a couple of interweb bums such as ourselves would have nothing better to do than spend all day, every day, plying the information superhighway for subject matter and drooling over the latest movie releases. Not so. In fact, we actually have jobs and families and pets and houseplants that are all vying for our attention. I know, we're just as terrified by being entrusted with this much responsibility as you are. Which is my long-winded way of telling you, our dear listeners, that we haven't gotten around to seeing Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, our intended subject matter for this episode. So instead, we'll be going with the last resort of the desperate in this episode 134, Catch-Up Part 2. I am your Uncle Todd, and with me, as always, is the man who was the originator of the float over DDT. He has been my partner in EDC for over two decades and has filed multiple lawsuits against Dwayne Johnson, only to have them thrown out on the technicality that he has no legal standing whatsoever. I give you the man they call Tim. Ketchup, where's the mustard? Ah! Greetings <sighs> and salutations, sir. How are you? You're wrong. <laughs> That's how I am. <laughs> You're wrong. Uh, humble you, humble you. Oh, my goodness. Uh, you are uh, worse than Hulk Hogan. There we go. <laughs> there, Cheeky has spoken. Cheeky has spoken from the beyond. Oh, my All gosh. Right. Well, how, how are, are you, you doing? Oh, well, I'm doing fine. How about you? I'm doing well. Doing well. Running yeah. on fumes, but uh, getting there. It looks, and I, so yet again, we are attempting to uh, record with video. You're not going to get to see it, but we at least get to see each other. And let me just yeah. tell you, the man they call Tim broadcasting <laughs> from the basement from the end of the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> it's like all shadowy. There's like one dim 20 watt bulb over in the corner. <laughs> I'm surprised he isn't facing the corner, rocking back and forth. It's either that or it's like mankind in a boiler room. Yeah. You know, it's, it's going to start sitting here rocking back and forth. <laughs> that's yes. Paul Bearer, sir. That's, isn't that? Oh, yeah, that's true. It's gimmick infringement. My apologies. Yeah. But uh, Bill Moody is going to be after you. Oh, wait. He no, he is. Watch out for the Bill Moody. The estate of Bill Moody is going to be that's, after you. You bet. You what bet. would the ghost of Paul Bearer sound like? Pretty much like Paul Bearer. Probably Ooh. like Paul Bearer. He's been practicing most of his life. So, Very if not true. all of it. And visiting buffets. Um, yes. So, anyways, uh, yeah, we we have we have nothing in the way of an actual uh, cohesive subject matter for this episode. So, once again, we are going the PTI route, and uh, we're going to smash a whole bunch of subjects together here. However, uh, you know, I, I I I think it'll be pretty entertaining. Of course, I'm biased so as hell, but you know, hey. What else are you going to do? Uh, so let's lead this sucker off right here and throw this to the man they call Tim and a little something we call The Week in Geek. The Week in Geek. Feels so funky. What do we got Thank you. this episode, sir? Thank you, sir. I'm just going to keep uh, interrupting you as much as possible now because I can see fine. you just about to speak. That's fine. So I'm just going to uh, jump in every time. 
Okay. Is that good? Is that annoying? Yeah, that's fine. Is it okay? Uh, good. <laughs> now, now I'm jumping in super fast to beat you. God, All that's right. exhausting. Jeez. Yeah. It tells you. I tells you. Better well, yet, I could. I could be. A, what? Yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> Let me talk to you. <laughs> That'd just be a never-ending feedback loop. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you oh know my at God. some point they're going to bust that out at a WrestleMania. They're going to get Austin and LA Knight oh. in a ring to do that because people see the potential. So, Oh, please. Uh, dear God. And by the way, I just want to I just want to catch everyone up here. We're running on probably a combined uh, like <laughs> seven and a half hours of sleep. So this is really going to be interesting. <laughs> Take it away, oh sir. Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah, so our our week in geek is uh, largely uh, Thrawn centric, and so our first article, a uh, little fist bump from Uncle Todd. Boy, this camera thing is interesting. Uh, <laughs> from ScreenRant.com, uh, from back in the May time frame, where was I saw the jazz hands? Where was Grand Admiral Thrawn during the original trilogy? A uh, little article here on. The two uh, essential, you know, backgrounds on Grand Admiral Thrawn. Uh, he is, uh, as we will find out in Ahsoka, uh, when he makes his live action debut, uh, a, a character who 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 basically missed the entire Galactic Civil War. He was off. He was <laughs> he off. He slept in, through it. In, well, they call it the unknown regions. I sometimes call it the nether regions, but nonetheless, he was <laughs> he he was he Doing. was uh, roaming. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Thank you, Ron. (laughs) He was roaming the galaxy uh, far, far away from from the action that was happening with Luke, Leia and Han Solo. Uh, But, uh, you know, this article basically kind of gives you uh, both backgrounds, one from uh, Rebels, where uh, they talk about, I mean, the one commonality is he, he is in the unknown regions during this time. Yes, which I, I love how you describe that as far, far away because we're already in a galaxy far, far away. It's it's so, that much further. It's like, again, it's like the, the, the Thrawn, the Ahsoka, like when they introduce Thrawn, it should be like in a galaxy further, further away <laughs> from the galaxy far, far away. Yes, yes, further, further away. Or, or if you're from Maine, just up the road a piece from. Yeah. <laughs> Dollar twenty-five, pa. Oh my god! Can't get there from here, no shit. Sure. No, you can't you get can. to the unknown no, regions. Can't no, get sir. to the nether regions, but it'll cost you. Oh my gosh! But that is the one commonality is is he, he is he is definitely MIA. He is missing during uh, the events of the original trilogy, the Galactic Civil War. Uh, but basically, with Rebels and the Heir to the Empire book, there are are two um, slightly different explanations for why and so this article kind of plays on those so those familiar with rebels will know uh no spoiler here since the series has been out for quite some time but grand admiral thrawn uh essentially taken to uh the unknown regions uh via ezra bridger via the purgles uh the the space whales whales here that's right that's right. We have, uh, for the first time ever, Star Wars Moby Dick. So, um, and, and maybe Thrawn is the Captain Ahab. I, I, I don't know. Um, but nonetheless, uh, he makes his journey uh, to the Unknown Regions via uh, this this sequence of events that, that basically ties up the Rebel show. Um, and, of course, uh, will make his return 
from that region uh, in Ahsoka. Uh, the second one is, a, you know, I don't want to say slightly more interesting, but but I, I always like the the mysterious. How is it part more interesting it. than space whales? Come on, like that. Well, the lack of space whales makes it interesting. <laughs> Oh, the PETA people are going to be after your ass, let me tell you. So what happened to the space whales? Did, were they harmed? Oh, good Lord. I want to see I want to see Thrawn make his grand entrance, not not like onto the bridge of Starship. I want to see him riding a space whale. That's what I yeah. want to see. That's what we're going to find out. He, he will have found a way. I, I, I love how you're doing the buck and bronco. <laughs> As if and Thrawn if would ever do kill, that. If that doesn't kill the, the complete vibe of Grand Admiral Thrawn, watching him <laughs> ride in. <laughs> like, 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 what? Did Thrawn's redneck cousin show up? Like, what is this? Billy Joe Thrawn? Oh, my Thrawn? gosh. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, he works down the road from Ed Fett. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good old head fat. There's oh, a black sheep in every family, and there he is. The only thing that'd be better is if it was Ed Fett like bail bonds. Then at least he's like, well, he's trying to be in the family business. He's just really bad at this. <laughs> Which would give us the oh midnight gosh. run crossover we've all been asking for all these years. Absolutely. Oh my uh, gosh. I hope it's a real what? nice coffee shop, Jack. Oh, what, what, what we're referring to is I sent Uncle Todd a meme that basically says something to the effect the the two older brothers became you know galactic bounty hunters, but but the younger one just had to find his own way, and it's Ed Ed Fett accountants, and it looks like this derelict building. I mean, it's just it's the image and the text just do it all. It is it is phenomenal. Oh well, like, you gosh. know, he's doing the taxes out in the outer re- out in the unknown regions, out in the outer yeah. rim. <laughs> Oh, so but, so how many how many how many how many uh, uh how many of the how much wampa food are you fe- are you trying to deduct here i'm sorry that's that's too much that's too much i don't care how many bantha sticks you have like that no that's too much for, they're gonna you're gonna get audited you're going to get audited enforcing that's a galactic tax code we we can't even enforce a tax code in this country little <laughs> the galaxy oh, are you kidding a galactic tax code is real easy hi we're the empire give me oh, uh, okay Lord. here you go jeez all right well after that little uh jaunt <laughs> what, the, what uh, are we uh, talking uh, about again we, we were talking about thrawn and, oh yeah billy uh, joe thrawn that's right that's right. Um, so Thrawn in the books uh, is, uh, you know, comes back uh, from the unknown regions. Um, we're, we're not really told how he got there to begin with, but we're simply told, um, A, he was there during uh, the events of the original trilogy, but also um, that he was basically a secret Grand Admiral, um, mainly because of the fact that he, unlike uh, other Grand Admirals within the, the Empire, um, was uh, w- was an alien, and and you know we kind of got into this a little bit when we read the uh, the the Thrawn the twenty sixteen Thrawn trilogy um, when we talked with Jimmy Dice about how those books kind of delved a little bit into um, you know some of the um, just nastier sides of 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 the culture of the galaxy. I don't want to say the galaxy of Coruscant, where um, there there was a bit of a, a you know kind of a human you know, bias, uh, towards power and, and toward roles and especially in the empire. And so aliens were, were quite, you know, subjugated to, you know, the lesser roles. And so, yeah, Grand Grand Admiral Thrawn was a, a, uh, he's, he's a Grand Admiral from Canada. You would have never met him. You you don't, you wouldn't have never met him. I only, I we only see him in the summer. 
Okay. I see. I got it. <laughs> I hear you. Um, it's, it actually works very well. Just sub in outer, you know, unknown regions that's true. for Canada. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So we, it was explained to us in Heir to the Empire that he was off on kind of a, a secret, you know, military, you know, sort of mission. Um, and uh, what I what, what actually I kind of find interesting, and I need to go back to Heir to the Empire to, to check this, but I'm almost I'm also wondering uh, when we get to Ahsoka, um, two things. One, will they work in the Salamiri, which is that creature that repels the force and Thrawn actually employs that creature to subjugate uh, Sabath, you know, the, the, the crazed Jedi, uh, whatever master he is, he, he's a nut job. Um, well, he's a clone but I'm of also Jedi wondering, so, so, so the second thing is, I'm wondering, will they explain that he found them in, in the in the unknown regions? Because they don't, I don't think they ever really get into an heir to the Empire, like where he found them. Um, God, I hope not. Maybe they I, do. I, I, I got to go back and look, but I really hope they don't, because to me, it's it works in a book. Like this, to me, is one of those things that works in a book because you have a you have so much more space and time to delve into stuff like that, and you get into the minutia. I, yeah. I don't need you to like all of a sudden we have this force, you know, repelling critter that now you've got to try and explain because you even though you and I understand it and there's going to be a certain amount of people who get it, you mm-hmm. know that it's just going to come off real, real shallow and flat. I mm-hmm. mean, I guess it could work, but to me, it, the the chances are not are low. <laughs> That's just my opinion. yeah, yeah. It's fair. It's fair. Um I think it's an interesting wrinkle, you know, especially with, with Ahsoka being, you know, a force user that it would be an interesting wrinkle that he brings in, um, Mm. you know, to, to, to introduce that. But as with, uh, as with other things uh, right now, Star Wars in Filoni, we trust. And so we will see how that all plays out. Indeed. our next article, uh, also Thrawn based, uh, which which I, I kind of pulled because I, I thought Uncle Todd would appreciate this because it brings back his favorite character from the original Thrawn trilogy. This article oh goes into the 10 best candidates for the evil clone Jedi in the Mandalorian movie. So this this oh. movie that is going to be created, uh, which, you know, I, I believe is going to be the Dave Filoni uh, directed one where uh, it is called Heir to the Empire. Um, there again from screenrant.com uh, this this article uh, exploring if they bring in an evil clone Jedi who would be that that Jedi and they go through 10 of them uh, one of them is the the original you know from the books Jorah Sabath um, who is a master who uh, was actually a Jedi was uh, killed but um, but had been cloned um, and that's the key here is it, it is a cloned version of, of that Jedi. Um, some people thought Ray Stevenson's Balin Skull, which will be in Ahsoka, might be him, uh, Jorah Sabath. I, I I don't know. Um, we'll have to find out uh, when, when we see him. But I get to number nine, and this is Uncle Todd's favorite, because Uncle Todd doesn't like just Luke. He oh likes Luke with like two or three U's, just like You know who I'm rooting for? Ahsoka. Ahsoka. That's who I'm That's actually for. number one, evil Ahsoka. Oh, yeah. That's oh, actually yeah, number one is is a clone of Ahsoka. That um, one I would actually go for because, quite honestly, yeah. like what's better than one Rosario Dawson in this? Two Rosario Dawsons. Yes, amen. I'm good with that. Two Rosario Dawsons and a and a and a Cara Thrace. <laughs> oh, you get both. Oh, come on, Bo Katan. No, be, would that just be Boo? Boo Katan. Boo. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, number They're not eight saying was... boo, folks. They're saying, oh, wait, no, they are saying boo. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we have uh, Joris Sabath, uh, the evil clone of Luke with multiple U's in his name. Uh, Mace Windu is another one, uh, would be an evil clone. Um, I'm not sure, quite sure how that would materialize. Um, yeah. Other than maybe they re- recover. You know, as far as we know right now, he died in, in uh, um, Revenge of the Sith. And so maybe they recovered his body and decided to clone it one day. Well, uh, I mean, Anakin's- either that or, I mean, think about think about the Jedi. Would mm. the, do you think the Jedi would have some sort of like DNA database of all the Jedi's? Possibly. Yeah. They're a high tech group. Why not? Could be. And you could know, be. they're also, you know, a little scary. It could happen. It could happen. Uh number seven was Anakin Skywalker, because you know, that's what we need is just one more round with Anakin and Darth, because you know, let's let's beat yeah. that horse until it's dead. Yeah, but uh, yeah, where, where's Palpatine show up on this list? At number two, I'm guessing. Um, good question. Is because we need more we need more Palpy. That's what we need. Palpatine is not on this list. He is not on this list. Do it. Uh sorry, sir. Uh number six, Plo Koon, Plo Koon who is a Jedi um uh, from the Clone Wars series, um, and uh, was Filoni's favorite Jedi, according to this article. So that would be a, you know, again, the whole idea is this is an evil clone. So a lot of these characters are, you know, originally good, and it would be more of the shock factor of seeing them, you know, cast in kind of an evil light. Uh, number five was Kanan Jarrus. He is uh, the. Ooh, I got it with, with Plo Katoon, uh, whatever his last name is Plo there. Koon. They could instead yes. of and using like a double vowel, they could do a double consonant. You can get like a real Sylvester and Tweety sort of oh, cartoon. <laughs> I've just oh. completely spit up my entire microphone just, here. Just when uh. you think you have the answers, Uncle Todd changes the questions. There you go. There you go. And not for the better. Oh my gosh. But yeah, Kanan. I like the Kanan Jarris one. That one's that one's interesting. That'd be kind of interesting uh, if he came back as an evil clone. Um, number four was Ezra Bridger. So we would, you know, the idea here being they're looking for Ezra. Um, and so we would get live action Ezra, but might also get a evil clone version of uh, of him. So we will have to see. <gasps> oh, um, better yet, as we get we get cartoon Ezra Bridger. So you got, kind of get like a who framed Roger Rabbit sort of live action cartoon mix. Oh, there you go. There you go. Look at Uncle Todd with those with those ideas. He is a never ending factory of creativity. I mean, they're all uh, crap, that, but yeah, you know they're there. Well, we'll take them. We'll take them. <laughs> um, number three was uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. Uh, so, would we see an evil clone of Obi Wan? Um, Do it. Num- there you go. Number two uh, is is an interesting one because. Um, his name is Galen Merrick, a.k.a. Starkiller. Um, Starkiller was Darth Vader's secret apprentice in the Force Unleashed video games, um, but later betrayed his master and helped form the Rebel Alliance. Um, so it'd be interesting. And then number one, uh, Uncle Todd called this from at the very top of this whole thing, a evil cloned uh, Ahsoka Tano. Uh, would, yeah, Ahsoka with multiple S's and K's. Ahsoka. <laughs> 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 it just sounds it just looks and sounds like wookie speak <laughs> oh my god you know you you when when we did the book review with with jimmy dice uh of the heir to the empire trilogy you you said how that third book just felt like you know he was just trying to find ways to i i, I honestly think like the luke thing must have been 
like the last detail and he was just tired. He wanted to get the thing done and published. And he's like, you know, I can't come up with a great name. I'm going to throw another U in there. That's what I'm going to yeah. do. Well, he had like, he had like clone Luke the whole time. He's like, I just can't call it clone Luke. I can't come up with a better name. I need to have this thing shipped to the editor by the morning and it's 3 a.m. Oh, Adam. He should have done what the high revolutionary uh, evolutionary did in Guardians of the Galaxy. Call him counter Luke. <laughs> Luke and counter Luke. <laughs> Sure. Why not? <laughs> why not? It's better than Luke, but not uh, nearly as funny. Actually, I would argue. I would argue. I'll take Luke over Counter Luke. <laughs> well, there we go. I'm we found. Sorry. We found one step worse than 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 uh, than than the Luke evil. That's clone, almost so. as lame as like. Well, he must be evil because he has a mustache in this episode. Whenever uh, they have yes. like a twin, you know, yep. Knight Rider, Star Trek, any of the. Oh, it's the evil one because he's got a he's got a goatee or he has a mustache. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, one thing about Galen Merrick, aka Starkiller, number two here, um, which ties back to BSG, I believe, uh, is that um, let's see, Galen longtime Terrell? Star Wars voice actor Sam Witwer, right? Sam Witwer didn't he play um, what? What was the soldier in season one and two when they crashed on Cobal and he started to lose his marble? Um, he was doing Crash Down. Crash Down. That, that that's Sam Witwer. Oh and my he did gosh. The voice of Galen Merrick. So we have yet again BSG and, and its reach across the galaxy, across the culture. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. So, Any way we can get an encounter with them and uh, and Bo somewhere along the line. You look so familiar. So there you go. So you got Rosario Dawson, you got uh, you know, Bo Katan, you got Sam Witwer. I mean, it's like you're just getting the band back together. You know what I mean? Just let, let, let's get the to- Admiral in there. Wait a minute. Where was Rosario Dawson in BSG? Oh, she wasn't. I'm just saying she's the okay. star. But then you, but then you get you you get a couple BSGers in there, and then you bring the admiral in as some you, like wise. Rebel, you had me on the know. verge of like leaving this episode right now and beginning a rewatch, like a thorough rewatch, right right now. Like I somehow missed the Rosario Dawson cameo. How did this happen? I I. I don't know what to say. I don't yeah. know what to say. Just right. don't. So that is uh, any thoughts on on those candidates? I mean, it, it it kind of feels like I I really think it'll be Ahsoka. That's what I think. So yeah. I, I I think the other I, I like I, if I had to pick another one, I actually think Kanan Jarrus would be be my favorite because that character did die. So again, sorry spoilers, but the show's been out for like eight years now. Um, mm-hmm. He, you know that character did die at the end of Rebels, so it would be a way of bringing that character back uh, mm-hmm. without violating canon per se. So that would be mm-hmm. interesting, and I, I would love to see a, a Kanan Jarrus, uh, you know, live action portrayal. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I'll just kind of see how it goes. I, I can't say I'm all that passionate about about this one. I don't know yeah. why. Yeah, I guess you could all say right. I'm kind of. Guess you could say I'm kind of lukewarm on the whole thing. Oh. Hey, you are worse than Hulk Hogan. Oh, there it is. There it is. Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, All right. Our last, uh, you know, somewhat Thrawn. Now we're kind of swinging into Ahsoka. Uh, This is about uh, the villains uh, of Ahsoka. mm. Star Wars sixth attempt, because, you know, six times is a charm. Breaking (laughs) its Sith obsession. Uh, This article, uh, again, from ScreenRant.com was uh, focused on the new characters. We are going to see Balin Skull, played by the late Ray Stevenson, unfortunately, and Ivana Sakon. Uh, Shin Hati, 
Um, you've seen them in the trailer. They have orange lightsabers, which is a different look. Um, okay. But the article basically getting into the fact that um, unlike prior um, Star Wars uh, properties, uh, these two characters may not necessarily be um, Sith. They just may be you know, evil in nature um, and force users, but just a different flavor than we've seen in the past. And so... Hmm. Um, so I thought this was kind of interesting. Um, it's unclear. Uh, you know, I've often wondered when I first saw the trailer if uh, Shin Hati was going to end up being um, uh, Jade. Um, what's her name from the book? Jade. Mara Jade. Mara Jade. Mara Jade. Um, and Balin Skull, as I talked about in the prior article, some some think that he is going to end up being Jorah Sabath. Um, there, there's also a thought that potentially uh, these two not being Sith um, are because they are essentially from like another, uh, another time. Um, a lot of folks point to the trailer and the background of um, one of the scenes with Balin Skull where he appears to be in this mystical plane that is called the world between worlds. And so the idea is, are, are they actually crossing over from a totally different like timeline or, or, you know, just dimension of, of star Wars. I'm, I, I'm not as up to speed on the world between worlds. I think I saw like a, a clone wars that talked about it, but I don't know much more beyond that. So, um, so are they, you know, just from a completely different time, you know, entirely and therefore not Sith, but just a, a different sort of villain. Uh, what, what are your thoughts, sir? I mean, I think it's interesting. I hope to God we're not heading towards like a, a Star Wars multiverse sort of thing. I, I really, 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 really do. I oh, really want to risk on seven, eight, and nine. So that's what we're doing. Oh no! Anyways, um, it sounds interesting. I, it's you know, in Star Wars, it's actually not. And this is totally me. I mean, I, I can mm-hmm. I can see if other people have an argument against it and. Uh, you're fully entitled to uh i'm it's kind of the one place where i'm like okay yeah all the villains fall into this category and i'm okay with that i don't know why that is it just seems to me that the sith can kind of stand in for just evil and Mm. like this you know then of course there's going to be all kinds of different you know types of evil within the sith and all that and Mm. just different personalities and all that so i i I've, i've never really thought like oh my gosh we need to get away from that because I mean, we kind of have in a way because you you have the the Galactic Empire, which even though it's run by you know a Sith master, is 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 a bureaucratic kind mm. of you know fascist sort of uh, uh, badness um, instead yeah. of more of a an evil space magic badness, I guess you could yeah. say. So yep. uh, it's interesting to me, and yeah, I mean, I'll give it a try. Why not? See how see what they do with it. Uh, the the other attempts at kind of moving away from the Sith characters like the Inquisitors, uh, Supreme Leader Snoke, Kylo Ren, the Knights of Ren, uh, Savage Press um, are all considered characters that were you know attempts at you know basically bringing in dark side Force users that were not necessarily Sith. You know they they, oh. they, they weren't following the the rule of two or anything like that. So oh, um, I have always considered like all of that is kind of like a subset of the Sith since they're all kind of following i guess i never really thought about that all right yeah hmm. so it's 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 interesting and uh, i did see in the article they did mention with the world between worlds um where it talks about them being from a different time uh it's a mystical plane that makes time travel possible as such balin and shin could be from a completely different time entirely um hmm. there was also a rumor that shin could be connected to the night sisters the witches of dathomir 
uh, whose magic was often associated with the dark side of the force. So, so I think the idea here is that it's just kind of moving things in a direction that might be a bit off the, 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 the norm of what we're used to in terms of Jedi Sith and all of that. And I find that wildly refreshing. So sure. Why not? All right. Well, before I wrap this up, uh, Uncle Todd threw uh, a, a little ditty into the Week in Geek here. His own, like, if the Week in Geek is a subsection of the show, this is now a sub-subsection of the show, uh, which he has lovingly titled an honorarium of, of the man, uh, Sheik Tweet of the Week. What do we got, sir? Make him humble. That's so, right. Uh- just kind of going back, because for those of you who, who might have missed out on following the Iron Sheik on Twitter back when, when the man was uh, still with us, um, quality, quality follow. So I just figured I'd go back and maybe uh, for the next couple shows here, however long people actually like it or how long it amuses me, um, then uh, just go back through the archives and find a, an interesting Sheik tweet that will nice. just pro- provide a little wisdom. And, and this one comes from June 21st of 2022. And it reads thusly, only one Iron Sheik, because, of course, this is all caps. Only one Iron Sheik, one Michael Jordan, and one Rob Thomas. Everyone else, go blank yourself. At <laughs> this, is, this is Rob Thomas, the real. <laughs> End of tweet. Oh, what a national treasure that man was. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, yeah. on, on, on that unique and... and uh, just just funny funny note that my friends is the weekend geek well thank you sir once again for pulling up all that thronorific content uh, it is very well appreciated and i'm totally killing time now so i can get my phone unlocked so we can start the show because <laughs> I, I need the timer on my phone oh gosh <laughs> So we're going to go PTI style on this one again. We're going to give ourselves 15 minutes per topic in the name of trying to, you know, edge this episode in under three hours. Uh, we only have a couple topics here because, uh, and actually, it seems like we're uh, we're equally uh, wrestling and uh, DC balance. Yes. So, I mean, this yes. is going to be interesting. Um, so let's start off with our first topic, sir. Uh, CM Punk returns to AEW Collision. Thoughts, sir? Oh, I thought you were going to hit like a sound on the soundboard. You, you were look, look at you're going to press something there. Oh, that, I was pressing the start button. You now wasted eight seconds. All right, no problem. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so after ten months away, uh, after <laughs> after a, a cupcake and uh, wh- whatever else he was, dr- oh, cu- cupcake and seltzer induced rant that happened yeah. after. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just I've weird. never seen even a guy by, put away more by... pastries. <laughs> Even by professional wrestling standards, CM Punk's like like farewell press scrum is still one of the weirdest things I've ever seen in professional wrestling. To be talking that way about the company you're working for with yeah. the boss next to you looking utterly flummoxed. Yeah. Like he was and, he's just like, uh, 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 is this is this good? Is this are we are we making money? Huh? And then some of the faces like like it doesn't even stop there. It's like when when Tony Khan gets talking punk just the faces he's making as he's looking at him like i'm just like oh my gosh what has happened to this guy so anyways uh after his uh i'm I'm forgetting the pay-per-view but after he won the AEW title um and and there there was a big brawl that kind of broke out after this this post event uh press conference um 
he had torn his tricep, his tricep anyways. He, he was going to be injured and, and was going to be down for a period. But uh, on top of it, there was the uh, fight that happened between um, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks himself, um, oh, I'm forgetting the guy's name, who runs with him, um, uh, Ace something or other. I can't think of his name. He, he's an indie promoter. Anyways, um, they, they got into it and it turned into a big legal thing. And so he was gone like, uh, for, for a while. People thought he wasn't coming back at all. Um, they would let him out of his contract. Um, funny thing is, uh, while he was away, um, AEW's ratings have been slowly trickling down into the crapper. <laughs> so, <laughs> which, 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 ladies and gentlemen, one would call that leverage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you could say that. You could say that. So, oh, my uh, goodness. Miss, Mr. Punk comes back uh, last Saturday. Uh, was it Saturday or Friday? You know, it's Saturday. Uh, for Has anyone had more triumphant returns than this guy, by the way? Like, I, I don't think it's so. incredible. Like, and, it's and the pops insane. Are just off the chart. I mean, the pops yeah. are just off the chart. It's in, it's just incredible. He he has a following. He is a beloved, uh, you know, wrestler. And uh, yeah, the pe- people just just love to follow him. Love to either love to follow him or 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 love to to hate following him or something to that mm-hmm. effect. But I mean, it doesn't um, hurt either that when when you play cult of personality, yeah. you realize just what a masterpiece of a song that is, and to be so closely identified with that and 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 get like like it just conveys everything about that dude like that song just feels like like an audio middle finger yeah to the world you know it's it's awesome and you know what i think is interesting about him too and and why he does you know i I think a lot of what he did in wwe helped really cement him as a main event star even though throughout his run there he wasn't treated as that you know he he Mm -hmm. he wasn't given the main event slot the last you know match of the night sort of thing but during that time as world champion, I mean, when when they ran through, um, I, I didn't watch the SmackDown, but when they did the whole presentation of Roman Reigns and they kind of ran through, um, you know, the, the number of days he's been champion um, and they show him passing, you know, CM Punk. I mean, Punk was like number six for a period of time, number five or number six on the list because he had like a 434 day reign, which, mm-hmm. you know, was was unheard of. Um at, at, at a time when when you were lucky to hold the belt for more than a month because they were just hot swapping belts like crazy through most of the 2000s. Um, so I think that whole run really established him. And then when he went away and people really wanted to see him, you know, back because of, of, you know, he, he, he just has this aura about him. I mean, phenomenal talker. Guy can tell a story. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, I've never seen someone so comfortable on the microphone. You know what I mean? Like he, he just you know, he's probably prepared some of what he's saying in his head, you know, to, 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 you know, tell, tell the story, but it just comes off like flawless. I mean, the exchanges between him and MJF were just amazing. Mm. Um, you know, between him and Eddie Kingston were amazing. I mean, it was just, it was always, he, he just always brings an authenticity to what he says and, and, and what he, you know, what the, the message he's trying to put forth and this promo was no different. Now, why do you think that is? In your opinion, because you've you've watched a ton of professional wrestling and you've yeah. you've seen a, a ton of promos and and great promo guys and and of course you you like almost gave Jake the Snake like the the, the best wrestler of you know 
of those four decades in our countdown of, uh, a bunch of shows ago. Spite you. <laughs> yeah, you go right ahead. It's not spiting me. I can give a crap less. But uh, ba- almost based on his promo. Like, so what do you yeah. think about it? Because I have a theory, and I'm I'm curious what your thoughts are as why he is so good as a storyteller. Because I think he finds very creative ways, and this promo is a great example of it, of weaving truth into the story he's trying to tell. Like he keeps things very reality based mm. and he he anchors to things that have really like his I, I think from what I've seen of him in like documentaries that I've watched about him, his formula for wrestling isn't hard. You know, like he he basically looks at the looks at it as a business, treat it like not that it's a real, you know, fight exhibition sort of thing, but like treat it for the sport that it is and mm-hmm. treat your champions as champions and, and, you know, drive your, um, you know, your, your, um, conflict through, you know, from, from, you know, from real things that people can, can anchor to. Um, you know, I look at like when he faced Brock Lesnar, like, on paper, him facing Brock Lesnar is a joke, right? Mm. It's like, how does a guy his size even compete with Brock Lesnar? And yet, he and Lesnar at a SummerSlam, I think in the early 2010s, put on probably one of the best big man, little man matches I've I've ever seen. And and it's because he brings in he brings an authenticity in in his promos that's steeped in reality and the and the fights that he puts on. Like when he came back to AEW, he fought all these different guys who who were elevated, even though he beat them, they took him to the limit. I mean, he was ba- I felt like he was basically playing kind of the the older, you know, worn down fighter, you know, like he still has something in the tank, but it's not like he can come out there and whip someone's rear end. Like it's it's going to take him a bit to to get that that W. Mm-hmm. And in the process, he was making a lot of the young wrestlers as he was doing it. Mm-hmm. And and it was brilliant because it's like he's coming in, he's winning, but every single one of those guys he fought went on to some, you know, feud afterwards where they carried some of the heat that he brought. In in the, it's like wow, this guy went toe to toe with Punk, and and you start to see some legitimacy in him and stuff like that. So I, I think that's what he brings. I think it's a reality, and and really kind of anchoring to what people know to be true, and and to, you know, kind of play to the smart fans a little bit and what they understand in the business. But what's what's your theory on it? I agree with I agree with what you're saying and and to tie into that reality aspect I I think it comes down to also he lives his gimmick mm. like I really get I feel like this is not I don't think CM I don't think you know Phil is this guy you know everywhere but I think that that at its heart this character of CM Punk is very much Phil what Phil Brooks is that Phil his Brooks, name yeah Phil yep. Brooks it's just that turned One up Bill to Bill. eleven you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, what a line that was. Oh, because everybody else in, in a business of counterfeit bucks. Oh Bam! And, and then <laughs> and then and then to get like the crowd chanting F the elite. Oh. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. Which which leads me into this. So now apparently so so punk is on this show, on this new yeah. show, Collision, right? And mm-hmm. the elite and, and the bucks, all the VPs are on the other shows. So yes. really there's no crossover here. Like they're they're over there, he's over here, at least they're, for now. Not supposed to be, yeah. Um, now, Tony Khan has said this is not representative of a true roster split. I think Punk's going to remain on that show. He's not. They're not going to cross the streams with him into a, into any other shows where there's Bucks and Omega because I think that stuff is not settled or you know whatever legal stuff is going on there. But what's interesting is FTR. Um, they're they're the tag team champions. They are huge Punk advocates. They are they're on the show. 
um, Samoa Joe, who Punk has had a long time, you know, um, had great feuds with in, in Ring of Honor and, uh, you know, and, and from what I've read, you know, are, are supposed to be very, very good friends. Um, you know, he's on the show. So they're, they're kind of they've kind of built like a good core group around him and mm-hmm. with him as the centerpiece. And, you know, quite honestly, I, I also wonder, too, if this is, you know, somewhat of an experiment, like I could totally see. Cause, cause like you said, I mean, in his promo, he talks about how he never really ever fit in. And that resonates true with fans. Like if they understand his background, they know like that isn't him talking about his character. It's that him talking about him, you know, like mm-hmm. that's what he was. He was a misfit. He was someone who didn't have a home really. And so they relate to that. And what I can almost see him doing is going to Tony Khan and saying, look, if, if I'm, if, if I'm this albatross, uh, like everyone says, give me a show, give me a roster of guys and, let's see what the ratings do. And and if I'm really not what everyone thinks I am, then get rid of me at that point. Like I can totally see this being a play by him of saying, give us a show. Let's get another show out there with the roster we have, get some guys out there who don't get a lot of TV time. Let's build some folks up and, and let's run some, some old school pro wrestling stories as we do it. And I think that's what we're going to see here. Cause you know, I, I really feel like what he did in his promo was, was, you know, he threw some good zingers, but he also, you know, kind of threw the gauntlet down. And, and I, and I love the, you know, I love that line he kept repeating throughout his promo, like, tell me when I'm telling lies. Mm-hmm. And he, and w- when he takes those boots off and he's like, when, when there's actually someone who can fill these boots, then I'll walk away. I mean, that was such a mic drop. Mm. I mean, what a way to end a promo. <laughs> oh yeah. And, and, and I mean, I, God, <laughs> I agree completely with you, but here's my question to follow yeah. up all that. Like, I think we both are, are, are I think it's fa- safe to say we're both with great promo. Yeah. We're yeah. both fans. I bet I, 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 I am, I'm ready, ready to say that we're both CM Punk guys in the same way that, that sure. you know, we're probably also Paul Heyman guys. Let me ask you, this is a follow up. Mm-hmm. Does Tony Khan. Yes. Have. Any control of his company whatsoever, aside from signing checks. I don't think so. I don't either. I I, I don't think he does. I, I think I, he's I, trying to be the nice coach, right? Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's it's. It's it's as bad as like Pete Carroll back in the New England Patriots days. Pete Carroll, <laughs> Coach Fredo, like as as Bill Simmons once called him. Coach, it's oh like, my gosh! I, oh my gosh! Like to to be in this position where you allowed some of your VPs, yeah. who you're foolish enough to make them VPs in the first place. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I I would have thought that after watching you know the shenanigans that like Hall and and Hogan and 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 some of these other folks had played in WCW and our, and other areas for beyond the year uh, through the years would have given anyone a hint like hey giving wrestlers like a you know a, a control over some of these things might not be the best idea, yeah. um, you know, but allowing them to like chase off this money maker in punk mm-hmm. and he's just like okay well i mean yeah and, and of course he's injured so it's not gonna but still to, yeah. to just like let this happen and then to be like okay well i'll put him on his own show and that way you can have your show and this and that i mean yeah dude you own the company you're the one footing the bill for this well i mean i, I daddy's footing the bill for it let's let's be honest yeah, yeah. it's not tony's money necessarily it's shad's money who's like you know obviously Ooh, ravens what's that 
Is is Shad Baltimore Ravens or no Jacksonville Jaguars? Oh, Jacksonville Jaguars. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. and one yeah. of the best mustaches in the business. Oh, it is glorious. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, does it put Vince's to shame? Oh, anything puts Vince's to shame. Like Mister Henke going across your freaking upper lip puts Vince's to shame. That poo stain, oh. like. Just, oh, I, so many things I could say, but no. If if Shad's Khan's <laughs> mustache doesn't have its own Twitter account, we need to get in on that because yeah. oh, it's glorious! Yeah. It is glorious. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I would I would agree. Like I don't think he has any control, which is no. is interesting because here we are talking about like oh, and you know here's all the good things that could happen, and I agree that could happen with collision and giving you know someone control and kind of like hey, here's wrestling that makes sense. Um. But you don't do these things if you actually have control of your company and your roster. You know, you basically tell people, like, this is what's going to happen. You know, yeah. if you don't like it, go pound sand. It's just very interesting. I, I, from, I, I could care less about the wrestling. I'm very interested just to see what kind of show this turns out to be. And I'm not necessarily talking about, like, the show show. I just mean the bleep show that's going to accompany the show yeah. show. Yeah. Uh, Ace Steel was the name of his running buddy that I was thinking of because because what I've read is both... Ace Steel. Oh so, my gosh! Yeah, he he ran a school that um, yeah, you're either going to be in wrestling or or the <laughs> or the movies that you have to go back behind the curtain for oh, with a name like Ace oh, Steel. Those yes. are your two options in life, right oh, there. Dear. Oh dear. Um, but uh, it, I, like I read that like Punk and and Steel and Steel was part of that brawl. Um, I think Steele's wife was there too. Um, but, uh, but Steele is in, in punk, I think are, are part of the creative process there. Um, and I thought I read somewhere that Khan didn't book much of the show. I think it was all kind of booked by, you know, the, the, you know, the, the folks they put in charge there. So, so I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see how the show does. Um, I might actually come back and watch a little, I mean, I honestly stopped watching for a while. I, I, I got a little bit into, um, I, I really think Kenny Omega versus CM Punk would be an amazing match to see because they're they're both just you know very very similar, very different. You know, both self-made. You know, um, you know Omega didn't make his name in WWE. He's made his name over in Japan and and just you know working the independents and you know now and and he's and he's kind of built uh, an aura as well about himself of being this really strong, you know, technical, um, striking kind of wrestler. And punk is also a striker and, and also has built an aura, you know, in, in his own way. I mean, we've joked about it in the past. Punk has the furthest thing from a pro wrestling body. And yet he gets in there and he has these great technical matches. And, and I, I just all, the, the visual doesn't matter to me at that point. It's, it's watching the action and, and seeing the story he's telling in the ring. And it's, it's always just, it's just fun to watch. So, so I, it's a shame that, uh, we most likely won't see punk Omega soon, but, uh, but it's good to see punk back. Nonetheless. Ah, there we go. I still say it's a bad idea to let your wrestlers run your show. But what do I know? I don't have billions in the bank that daddy is letting me spend. No. All right, sir, you want to take this next topic and kind of get in on uh, on what we're doing here? Yeah, so after WrestleMania 39 and the return of Vince McMahon, Uncle Todd has exiled himself from the world of professional wrestling, understandably so. For the most part, yeah. I've caught a couple minutes here and there. A couple of YouTube videos. I actually turned on one of the shows uh, at some point. But yeah, not not really all that involved. Pulling him back. Yeah, not uh, really. But two months later, when 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 we came out of WrestleMania thirty nine, we were uh, 
we were a bit sore about that that main event finish. We we were sitting there like, what the heck were they thinking? What the heck? Well, we're what two months. The hell was that? There we go. That's what I was waiting for. All right. Well, two months later, uh, here we are. And uh, how is that WrestleMania 39 main event still looking to us at this point? And and the reason I'm asking this question is with with you know two months behind us or almost three months now. We, we have the following that have taken place. We have had two matches between Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar that have really defied the, the norm for a Brock Lesnar match in, in many ways. Um, the first being a match down in Puerto Rico, which had a huge big fight feel to it, um, where Lesnar was bleeding like a stuck pig of his own doing, um, you know, charging full full bore into a, uh, I, I think there, I don't know if the turnbuckle pad was off or if he just went into the pole, but he was bleeding like a like a son of a gun, and Cody put him away and beat him, um, and then the story they pick up from there is. He, you know, that, that Cody got lucky and Lesnar wanted to tear him apart, broke, broke his arm, still fought him in a match. And he sub, and he submits Cody, not submitting him, but Cody passes out a la Austin. Mm. And so now you have and, and and the great part is every week Cody's coming out and he's cutting these amazing promos about Lesnar, about how Lesnar is afraid of him. And, and in the second match, even though Lesnar has him in that submission, he walks away from him with a look on his face like, what the heck? This guy just did not quit. He did mm-hmm. not, like, I did not conquer him. And and so kind of like we were talking about Punk, they're, they're hitting these notes with these two that is it just, it, it's there's no title on the line here, but the matches just are telling a great deep story that that is that, that is multi-layered and and it's really been a, a pleasure to watch and i think what they're now building toward is a SummerSlam basically rubber match between the two of them um which i've heard i've read rumors that it could be um i, I guess they they nixed the idea of a dog collar match but they were going to do some kind of old school you know match like that i don't know if they're going to do like a strap match or or you know where they're like connected by a strap or something like that but um it's I, I'm guessing they're going to go with something brutal, but so that's Cody Rhodes. The other side of the equation is Roman Reigns, and we are uh, recording this uh, after uh, about four or five days after we saw the super kicks hit around the world, as both the Usos have said bye bye to Papa Roman. Mm. And I don't know, did, did you watch the YouTube clip of that? I've seen a little bit of it. Yeah, yeah. I, honest to God, like. The, the the way they pulled that off was just it, it was perfect. It, it, it you you had I forget it was Jimmy or Jay, super kick him once. Yeah, it was Jay that, first. Was it Jay first? Okay. Yeah, because Roman was talking to him like how he made him big big mad uh, main event Jay Uso right. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And and so you you think one Uso is throwing the other out of the bloodline, but then he ends up you know saying we're both out and he and he boots Roman. They take out Solo. Now they're both standing there, or they're both leaving the ring, and Roman's pitching a fit, like you get, you know, just playing up the arrogant champion at this point. Mm-hmm. And he gets on his feet, and they turn around, and they, I mean, it was just like the perfectly timed super kick and reaction to it, like the way he snapped back onto the mat. I'm like, and, and the crowd just goes insane, and it's like the bloodline is over, you know. So in in three months' time, we've gone from the bloodline holding all the gold to now it's down to Roman and the wise man, and so. <laughs> So it's, I mean, it's just, and in each step of the way that they got there was was just, you know, just so well done. 
they've been sneaking, you know, those moments of Sammy in there as that reminder of, of the one who, you know, who started all of this, who, who left. Um, I think during that show this past Friday, there was a, just a moment where Jay and Jay walks by Sammy and they just look at each other and he just kind of, they don't say a word to each other. Just Sammy nods and just walks off. Like I, Mm -hmm. like I've seen that look before because I had that look myself sort of thing, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and, and he knew it was going to happen. Um, so all that to say, if we are truly moving to a WrestleMania 40 main event where if the story is going to go the way it's going to go, Roman goes in there alone or maybe just with the wise man against Cody for the second time. So no one to bail him out this time. And he loses, let's say, at WrestleMania 40. Does that change the dynamics of how we felt like in, in these three months after? Do you see the wisdom of Triple H saying this is just a chapter in a story? We're turning the page. There's a lot more story left to tell. What do you think? Again, I would have to see how 40 plays, how the how yeah. WrestleMania plays out and, and how that all works out and how they do it again. Because like it's it, the execution is everything. Yeah, it, it is everything. And that's what we've seen with with the bloodline stuff. I will give them credit. The, the stuff has been executed very well with them um, throughout. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> It's the thing that gets me, and I'm gonna I'm gonna leave Vince out of this because, of course, there's there's always rumors now that Vince is still, you know, phoning in his his changes for for Raw and SmackDown and stuff like that. And I guess this mm-hmm. past Raw, there was several changes, big changes to the first half hour of the show and all this that were apparently all Vince's ideas and whatever. I, I'm gonna try and set all that aside. I think the 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 odd thing to me is you had the bloodline being such a great story. But unfortunately they, to me, like Cody has kind of gotten lost in all this and that, yeah, maybe you're going to circle back around, but is it going to be the same having him having, having to go through Brock and then loop back through to Roman? Like I get it Mm. that you have to, you have to strip a lot of the, the barriers and a lot of the layers of protection away from Roman to then make it, Mm-hmm. more one-on-one so that in a way you don't completely bury him in yeah. a way. Cause then, it, then it could be, well, you beat me one-on-one that sort of thing rather than he had Cody is now superhuman for taking out the entire bloodline. I get mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, there's just something about it that to me feels like I can't quite, I can't quite put a name to it. It just, it, it feels like it's big, but yet, now we're kind of going around the we're circling the airport again you know that's that's the feeling i get and not sure i love it um but i kind of understand from a storytelling perspective now Mm. why you kind of have to do this in the same it feels a little bit like how they've how they've had to introduce this new championship belt um Mm. that that seth rollins uh, i believe he still has i don't know yes he does because they they couldn't figure out a good way to get the belts or one belt off of Roman without taking shine off of him and mm. and screwing up the bloodline story, it kind of feels like all right you've you've painted yourself into a into a series of corners and yet you've managed to somehow you know find a window that you can escape out of yeah, but it still feels like you painted yourself into a corner, mm. you know what I mean? So something about it just doesn't quite sit right with me, even though I kind of understand. Okay. Does that make any sense at all? It it does. I mean, the thing I like, like I would agree with you with Cody. If it was if it was not 
like he he's getting a good a good sequence of opponents. Like he he's not but between now and SummerSlam, it looks like he's feuding with Dominic Mysterio, Mysterio, which I think is I mean Dominic's just a heat machine right now. Everyone hates him. Um, I can see him doing reason. something. Right, and and I can see them doing something where he he gets a cheap win off of Cody, and then Cody gets it back, you know, go, going into SummerSlam or something like that. Um, but um, but the fact they went with Lesnar, and and again, going back to what we said with Punk, that when you can anchor your stories in either reality or past history that has been established, it helps the story have more impact and how and the promos have more impact and you know i think i said to you especially after the 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 pay-per-view down in puerto rico when when cody won he now has great material to use against roman next time when when he starts to introduce some of that doubt when when roman you know much as he will do rub it in his face that you know he he couldn't get the job done in the big you know main event how is he going to do it again and cody just has to look at him and say it took you how many years to finally beat Brock and I did it my first on my first try. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like and, and Cody yeah, would do it that. in a way with the way he does his promos where it would come off oh. much better than I just said it. But damn, when he says that, that is gonna resonate with the fans because Lesnar fell to him and and if Cody wins this series of matches, Cody will have been more dominant against Lesnar than Roman was. Mm-hmm. which which is more doubt for Roman. You know what I mean? Like it, it plays into that doubt thing that that they like to that thread they like to pull on with him sometimes where and he and he does an amazing job selling self-doubt. Like like leading up mm-hmm. to WrestleMania was was I, I mean sometimes it wasn't even what Roman said, it was his facials. It was the way he was acting oh, yeah. that was really telling the story. And so um so I think it was it was anyone other than Lesnar and some of the folks that are lining up. I would agree that Cody's getting lost. I think they're they're building a context around him where he's going to have some really great stuff to to banter back and forth with Roman on that. I think will just help build their 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 run toward toward another WrestleMania main event. So yeah. that's my thought. Okay, but but I understand so, what you're saying. So. So you mentioned Dominic, which I, I kind of want to, I want to, we got like four minutes left here because I, I don't have much left to say on uh, than what we, we've said because I think you actually summed it up pretty well and you managed to take my thoughts and congeal them into something and then actually shine that turd up a little bit and present on it. So thank you. sleep, baby. Woo! I know. Um, <laughs> but I want to talk about, I want to use the rest of the time to talk about Dominic because I think this is so <laughs> interesting. Because I can't decide if Dominic has like legit heat, if he has X-Pac heat, if he has, I, I don't understand what kind of heat he has right now because, and don't say Latino heat because it's just way too easy. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, but but the, the weird thing about Dominic is, I don't care about the rest of Judge, I don't care about Finn Balor or, uh, or um, Damian Priest. Uh, Damian Priest to me is, is, is probably, to me, like Finn Balor is the least impressive member of Judgment Day. I don't like he's the least interesting out of all of them. Like he is he is kind of the Muppet of the group. I don't I don't get it. Um, Dominic is so interesting because they have him paired up with Rhea Ripley, mm-hmm. who is like has become this Internet icon. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. and everybody like even people who, who are like, you know, they know that Rhea is is a heel. Mm. Love them some Rhea Ripley. Yeah. Love them some Rhea Ripley. And they hate yep. them some Dominic Mysterio. It is like. I, I, I like it. I got to say, like, that is a great pairing. Like whoever mm-hmm. came up with this idea 
oh chef's kiss like yeah. because it's just it's the only sometimes it feels like the only thing keeping dominic afloat is the fact that like the life preserver that is Rhea Ripley and the bottomless like well of like just people thinking like she's awesome, even though they're like, Oh my gosh. And I'm, and I'm among them. I like, I think yeah. Rhea Ripley is, is, is incredible. Um, yeah. and has, oh, and has that, that it factor yep. that is just so that she has like so much charisma. It's like, she's just kind of like, okay, Dom here, I'll lend you some charisma. Here you go. Yeah. It's like lending a kid like 20 bucks to go see a movie. Here you go. Yep. Go have fun. You know? Enjoy. <laughs> it's like, Off you it's go. amazing. Oh my God. But does that yeah. make any sense? Like the, the, no, do you feel does. the same way? I, I, I do. I mean, I, I kind of feel like they, they did something very smart with him because they took, I think ultimately the fans weren't going to have as much of a reaction with him as a baby face as they do with a heel now. Oh they, yeah, totally. They, they played up a great story with him and his father. They kept him apart for a really long time, you know, where, mm. where Ray would not lay a hand on him. He would just turn the other cheek and walk away. Um, and the other thing they did with him was kind of manufacture this, you know, as much as I said, you know, where, where punk's mystique is in him anchoring in reality, I think where Mysterio's heat comes from is the way he plays up this this um, what's the word not elevated but this um, blown out version of himself where he thinks he's this great wrestler and oh yeah he, he is like overinflated ego like overinflated this, yeah yeah. yeah and and he gets these cheap victories that you know yep. he doesn't deserve and and to me you know I, like I get the question is it Xbox he or not like I think it's different from Xbox in that like. Like there are heels who were so good because I mean Rowdy Piper was like this. They were so good as heels because people did not ever want to see them win, and when they saw mm. them win and saw them win through nefarious means, you know, over you know someone who who had fought a valiant fight, it made yep. them hate them even more. Oh and yeah, that's that's what Dom has been building up is. His heat is based in the fact that people look at him and it's like you're the son of a legend. Who who is who is clearly in this business way too early because of of who your dad is, you know. So so there's almost like the privilege piece of it. Then mm -hmm. there's the fact that he, you know, is he the strongest wrestler right now? Not really. I mean, he's gotten better. I mean, he's definitely getting his game, you know, through through all this wrestling he's doing, and it's much improved from where he was when he started. But you know, getting victories or or, or manhandling some of these guys when it's because the other members of his group have beaten that person into submission. And now he comes in and he acts like he's dominating them mm -hmm. is, is infuriating to people, even oh, in yeah. the 2020s. It's like, th this is like heat one Oh one for heels and we're oh, all yeah. falling for it still. You know what I oh, mean? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, and he, he's doing a masterful job of that. And it, it, and it does really help that, you know, and, and that what adds to that is the fact that quite honestly, Rhea Ripley could smash Dominic. Yes. <laughs> you just look at her. My God, so, like I would, I would put her her up against Dominic and friggin' Finn Balor in a in a handicap match, yes. and she comes out on top. Yes. Like, well, then again, as she as she has pointed out, you know, mommy's always on top, which I'm like, <laughs> good God. Well, and Dominic's and, reaction to that, I will give him some credit. Like, just the way he kind of opened his eyes, like, and then kind of shrugs, like, eh. <laughs> yeah. like, oh God. <laughs> That's well, good, kid. That's good. You keep and, that. And, and tell me how much of a baby face pop there would be if they ever get to a point where Rhea Ripley goes face and she oh, just falls yeah. off and pops him. Like, mm -hmm. that is going to be, like, the biggest pop from from the fans to to see, you know, this this guy that they just loathe 
finally get his comeuppance from from the gal like you said who could probably wipe the ring with him you know what i mean like it, it's oh, totally oh, gosh so anyways but bringing it back to the bloodline uh i i, I think wrestlemania 39 is uh I, I i bought into the triple h philosophy i'll i'll, I'll just say that i'll just right. say that all right. Well, do, our, do you want to lead off this next, next segment one, since uh, this is all DCEU and you're uh, all about it? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm I'm so in the bag for the DCEU. So um, yeah, uh, the, I entitled this next uh, selection a little something called "Gone in a Flash." Um, and how bad is the Flash tanking? Um, so apparently, it has the lowest reviews of any of the movies so far in DCEU. However. It's it's like a B or a B minus. I forget what the the mm. rank the ranking was. It was not like it's a D or anything like that. Of course, these are all probably padded, um, but it is it is not being well received. It only made I think like a hundred. No, it made like fifty five million or something like that. One hundred thirty three million worldwide or something on its own. It, it's 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 not even close to being on pace to make back its budget. Yeah. Um, the budget and and marketing because they spent a ton of money on the marketing for this movie. Um, so you know, there's of course the theories of you know there's many different things here uh, at play because as usual DC uh, is and and by extension Warner Brothers is a dumpster fire within a dumpster fire within a dumpster fire that's being pushed off of a cliff into a larger dumpster fire. Um, so, I mean, what do you think is the cause for this? Do you think that, one, it's, you know, it maybe uh, I don't know, uh, Ezra, the one-man crime wave Miller, uh, <laughs> it may be box office poison, perhaps. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Perhaps. Um, is it really crappy storytelling and piss-poor effects? Mm. Or might it be, and I'm just spitballing here, the fact that you're you you kind of like because of these factors, mm-hmm. you had to hang the entire marketing for this movie around the neck of Michael Keaton <laughs> returning to Batman. Yeah. yeah, because and that's not even taking into account the fact that this movie is is like a kind of a dead end to nowhere. Even mm-hmm. though James Gunn is trying to play it off like, oh no, it resets the entire DC universe. Uh, okay, sure. Whatever. Uh, we all know this guy ain't coming back and, and you're trashing a whole bunch of stuff. So please, yeah. you know, don't insult my intelligence, James. Um, so what do you think is the cause? Because I haven't seen it. Uh, my daughter did see it and kind of came back and she loves her some Flash. Like she yeah. loved uh, the Flash TV show. Mm. Huge fan of that. Her response to this movie when she came home, she's like, meh. Yeah. That was literally her review. Meh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And she loves all superhero movies. I gotta say, that's a uh, that's not gonna that doesn't look good. I think it just I, I, as we've, I mean, we, we it is well documented our our feelings on how DC has has completely fumbled, you know their their universe plans. You know, you or, are or, worse than Hulk Hogan. Yes, thank you, Shiki. You're 100 percent on that. Um, but. Uh, you know, I, I think it goes back to to just not having a solid foundation to build on. I mean, I, I I read the basic gist of the story. You know, he he goes back in time, or or he's doing some time traveling. I mean, that right there is is I don't mean to say it's the kiss of death, but if if you're going to the time travel well, like right out of the gate, and you haven't had a good like origin story, 
I mean, you're, you're, you're looking to, to disappoint because things get very, very complicated when you start to do time travel. And, and I'll be honest, I, I went on Wikipedia. I, I read basically the, the whole rundown of the movie because I'm not going to the theater to see it. I'll be honest. I just wanted to no. see what it was about in preparation for this. And, um, and you know, story-wise, it, it sounded like on the surface, an, an interesting story, you know, hero trying to save parent you know, through means of their powers because they're, they're trying to preserve something that's out of their control. And in the process, they wreak havoc and all of that. But the fact that, um, I, I just think the fact that there isn't really a strong connection, I think with, with fans and the flash. I mean, I, I don't sit here as the paragon of pop culture, but I gotta be honest. I mean, when I was in Iron Man, I was in Iron Man while the rest of the world was into Iron Man, you know, mm. the flash, I don't feel has ever really registered. And to your point, the the person behind playing the flash hasn't done himself any favors, you know, in terms no. of, you know, the, you know, the activities that have gone on, you know, outside of the, uh, of the movie. So it's just kind of like, it, it's just kind of like a kiss of death in, in, on, on multiple fronts and is in, in that the story, you know, while on the surface had some interesting twist to it, you know, as I read it, I'm like, this sounds extremely confusing and complicated because mm-hmm. this whole idea that, you know, the Batmans are taking on different forms because he's changing the timelines and the Supermans are taking different forms. And I'm just like, what the, then, then what is reality? Like when you start messing with stuff that much that no, you can't anchor on to anything. And it's like, I mean, I've used the word anchor a lot tonight. I think I'm, I you think have my, Oh my gosh. I think I want to anchor myself to my bed because I'm 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 tired. But nonetheless, <laughs> you've, been, you've been thinking about uh, you've been thinking about the former uh, pro wrestler tugboat. Toot, toot, toot. There we go. There we go. All comes back to wrestling, folks. Um, that, that's my thought. Is I I just think it is you know they're still paying a price for not having invested in strong origin stories to kick off their universe. They 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 hit the accelerator. They try to do too much too quickly. And uh, and they're just going to continue to pay a price. And now they're also fighting an uphill battle. Uh, maybe this is an episode unto itself. But, you know, th- I, I've seen articles cropping up and I would tend to agree. Are we getting to a point where we're a bit, you know, worn out on superhero movies? You know, like are, are, has, has Mar- did Marvel just strike it rich when, you know, there was gold to be struck? And now I'm not saying everything's bad, but I'm just saying it, it's, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy was good. Ant-Man the Wasp was not. Um, and, and you know, who knows? You know, I think everyone kind of agrees phase four has been a little rough. It hasn't exactly, you know, lived up to the prior phases, you know, that, that preceded it. Are people just getting worn out, you know? And now DC comes in trying to do their own thing. And it's like, well, you know, you know I'm, I'm not really plugged into it, you know? So it's mm-hmm. like, it's hard for me to get excited and connected to it. And so I just think, as we've talked about before, they're, they're fighting with a litany of, problems that prevent there being a deep connection with any kind of fan base to to muster folks to come to a theater and spend their money and spend their time watching something like this and i i I have a feeling it's just going to continue yeah no i i i agree uh it to me it reminds me of um there was a book that i i got i think i think michael felger wrote it before he went completely bat spit insane um or no, I'm thinking of some. I'm thinking of another guy from the Boston sports scenes. But anyways, it was like tales from the Patriots sideline or something mm. like that. And they talked about, you know, how the at one point the Patriots back in like the late '70s, early '80s, they they had a coach and the general manager wanted to fire him and he couldn't fire him, and so they ended up he ended up making a bet 
with the man with the owning partners of the team that if he if the coach lost a certain game then they would he would then have the power to fire the coach mm. like this is the absurd stuff that would happen with the patriots and so they didn't fire him and then the the team ended up tanking the next year and he fi- so the the general manager finally gets to fire the the head coach he goes down has a meeting with the team he says you know i just want to let everyone know that i fired the coach and we're we're we have a plan we're on the right direction we're going to be heading into a new era of stability and things are going to be going strength to strength and 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 blah 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 like a few weeks later the owner fires the general manager and comes down and sees the team. He says, I just want you all to know that I fired the general manager. We have a plan. We're sticking to that plan. Uh, we're going to be heading into a new era of stability. And it's like, it's like <laughs> new boss, same as the old boss. That's what this reminds me of, because it's yeah. like we keep going yeah. through these things of like, oh, no, there's a plan. There's a plan. That's a plan. We'll get to that in the next section. But I think for me, one of the things that comes down, like just baseline, taking out the 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 absolute shite uh person that apparently Ezra, Ezra Miller is I honestly I never really found him that appealing as a flash mm. like as a, as an actor I did not dig his portrayal I I think if you're gonna if you're looking at a, a super fast hero I think either of the Quicksilvers in the Marvel Universe were at least a little bit more interesting mm-hmm. um you know and that's saying something because one of them didn't even make it through a full movie um Ezra, Ezra, Ezra Miller really just never did anything for me as the Flash, and yeah. he was an add-on character, yeah. and he was mm-hmm. a bit player in 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 the in the movies leading up to everything. And yeah, I mean, and this this should have been an origin, although I don't know how much of an origin you need because you already had like what five, six, seven seasons of the Flash mm. on TV. But of course, they didn't acknowledge that, so that was a whole other thing. Like again, it's just like disappointment after just dis- like opportunities to set things up and you just refuse yeah. to take them. Yeah. Um, it just, it, to me, it, this character n- never seemed like one that I'm like, Oh, I have to see more of this guy. It, it almost never seems felt like that way about him. It, it almost seems like though he, he, I, I don't mean to make him equivalent to, but he seems in, in many ways similar to how Marvel handled the incredible Hulk. Like they didn't try to do, you know, a, a, once I did the first Hulk movie, you know, they, they didn't ever try to do another one. Hulk just appeared as a side character in Avengers or, or in other movies. Well, you know why that was, right? No, I, I, don't. Think- I, I just assumed it was because they didn't really feel like they had a strong story to tell with him. Well, well, partly I, I, if, if I'm not wrong and I might be wrong on this, um, I believe they did not have the licensing rights to make an Incredible oh. Hulk movie because those were with Universal for the longest time, mm. and they essentially had the rights to use Hulk in movies, but not to make their own Hulk movie. Gotcha. And and I think some of the other reasoning that I heard was is and I and I agree with this from a story standpoint, Hulk is much more interesting as a player in other people's stories. Yes. And, and, and rather that's where I was than, going with Flash. I think Flash is kind of like that, but go ahead. Yeah, no, I would agree. And 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 I think you make an excellent point there. Yeah, I think this this guy is a little a little bit more interesting being part of other people's story and mm-hmm. kind of being a way of reflecting those characters. Yeah. Yeah. I did not need this movie and and it makes it even worse the fact that you now know like this movie is kind of just a dead end. Yeah. 
and and then expecting people to come out and see it just because hey look michael keaton is is batman you like michael keaton as batman don't you yeah that was that was the batman from bat it's like almost completely ignoring the fact that like hey yeah and then like two months i get to see that on hbo max or max or whatever the hell the app is called if the, if the app is in business that long i mean not cinna qu- max ah. oh my gosh but, I mean, yeah, starring I'll... in his next movie oh sorry Ooh. <laughs> nice ah. nicely done actually yeah there it would be like is. you know a steel in like silk sheets or something you know <laughs> um straight to video this and yeah never mind okay there was a lot of comments i was going to make right there and i am not going to do it oh good restraint sir good restraint oh thank you but uh, yeah no i i think that they're just ignoring the fact that like yeah i can stream this later i don't Mm. have to wait six months for this to come out on video it'll be on it'll be on my my tv very soon yeah i don't have to go and spend 15 bucks to go see this in the theater i can see michael keaton batman uh, quite nicely in a little bit of time. Yeah. There's no, because ur- there's no urgency. Like, right. okay, like, what do I have to, at least with the Marvel movies, you're kind of like, well, I kind of want to see this because there's another movie coming up and I kind of want to fill in the blanks. Mm. With this, is like, well, this ain't going anywhere anyways. What's the rush? You know? Yeah. 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 And, and just, I also, you know, my daughter was also saying effects weren't all that great. Mm. And, you know, and, uh, again it just it all hung on to like batman 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 i'm like this movie is the flash right yeah because it seems like you know it it, it like you know batman in the flash like it's try like, try to do everything you can not to mention this guy you know it's, it's you know it's like the rock says you gotta work that gimmick baby work it <laughs> <laughs> oh it's it's like you know it's like it's like the the rock doing the promo with uh with billy gunn god my name is Ezra. Yes, Izzy. <laughs> no, it's Ezra. It doesn't matter what your name is. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, and on that note, yeah. Let's let's move on to uh, to more DC bashing because you know what? It never gets old because we have DCU DOA, uh, and this is probably part five of this topic because we've delved into this before. Mm. However, this is a uh, this is talking about a variety article uh, about Shazam two, Flash, and Blue Beetle and Aquaman two. Now. <laughs> This is interesting, if only because $1.1 billion for these four movies that are probably going to make a quarter of that. Yeah. Um, this is this is like the anti-Avatar, really. It's it's amazing how little these movies are making. And, and a question for you, have you seen the Blue Beetle trailer? No, I, I didn't even realize Blue Beetle. Well, I think we, we had mentioned it maybe in a week in Geek, but I had totally forgotten about it. It looks so generic. It oh really boy. does. It's like, oh, it's like a little bit of Moon Knight, a little bit of Iron Man, and hey, you like comic book movies, right, kids? Mm-hmm. Oh, it, it's it, it actually, no, it this is what it is. It's Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, and Iron Man kind of mashed together. That's yeah. what it feels like to me. And I'm like, I've already seen these things. I don't need to see a lesser version of them. And at the same time, I'm like, is everything okay with Susan Sarandon and George Lopez 
do they need money? Because why are they in this movie? Yeah. <laughs> like, who talked them into this? Actually, George Lopez, I can understand. Susan Sarandon, I'm a little more curious about. Yeah. Like, is yeah. does Tim, does Tim Robbins have a have a have a problem that we we don't know about? Um, <laughs> but yeah, so they've they've spent approximately all the money making these movies and are now like you know shocked Pikachu face like that people are not rushing out to see them. Like, what well, yeah. Happened? <laughs> Because you basically, you know, then you fired everyone involved with these movies, handed the entire thing over to James Gunn, who is who has been very vocal about like, all right, hey, we're we're rebooting everything, and it's all going to be all new. Yeah. And and then they realized the very quickly the error of that, like, oh yeah, and we've got these four movies coming out that we want people to see because we need to make money. That's and the so line then, in the article that dry that, that made me laugh the, the the hardest was I think it's in the second or third paragraph where it's like yet these movies were conceived and greenlit by an executive team that have all departed the studio, so yep. they're basically committed to these movies that no one who originated them are even around to to make any money off of it. I mean it's it's incredible. Yeah, and they spent so much. It's not like they can Batgirl this out of existence and yeah. write it off. Like these movies are gigantic. Yeah. There's real money that has been put put behind these. And so Shazam 2 did and now the Flash is doing I have I'm going to go out on a limb here and say Blue Beetle is going to and Aquaman 2 is just going to get flushed down the toilet. Um look because Mr. I was Blue huh? Beetle is going to be DC's version of Iron Man you just watch. It, it kind of is. That's the sad thing. It's like discount. It's like it's like we don't need to get Iron Man. We have no, Iron but, Man at home. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's, it's going to be like the diamond in the rough. No one's going to everyone's going to write it off. And it's going to be this 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 thing that sparks all of this interest and in kicking off. And, and, and James Gunn is going to be like, ah, why didn't I start everything with Blue Beetle? Not the blue Superman. You know, you know what? It, you know what? It, it's going to be so far in the rough. It's going to be like that scene in Tin Cup where he has to like he has to hit the ball off of the portal it get back on <laughs> that's how far in the rough they are um oh this is how tired i am but uh yeah laughing at a bad blue tin cup joke Good but Lord. it's it is crazy man like they I, I started watching this uh this video about james gunn trying to basically walk back some of that and talking about like the breakdown of chapter one of the dcu mm. and he's trying to talk up shazam 2 and the flash is like oh these are fantastic movies i really love this movie and he gets a blue blue beetle he's like this is another fantastic movie and i'm like okay you're totally overusing that word i i know that this is now hyperbole and then it's he like gets to aquaman and he's like, and he's like, and then Aquaman is this other movie that then leads into this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he didn't even like give Aquaman to a fantastic like that. Yeah. That means that is the drizzling poops uh, to, <laughs> to, to paraphrase Jim Cornette. Oh um, man. We know that this isn't going to be bad. I mean, oh my gosh, like it's incredible. And and going back to what you were saying, I think, mm. which is, is a valid point. And I'm, I'm curious to see how you've. If, how you come down this subject the idea of like just superhero movie fatigue and the idea that mm. it's it's such there, there's work there's work yeah. to be done in order to be able to follow these movies now you have to have a backlog of information and you have to understand what's going on and what came before and all that and and are people really into it that much mm-hmm. um and i would ask you how do you feel about this do you think there's fatigue and do you think that it 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 becomes almost like you have to like like when we talked about playing uh you know Madden before like you almost have to practice in order to play the game. Yeah. It's like I just want to play the game, right? How do you feel? How do you feel about those two things? Yeah, yeah. I think it's um, I mean, you know, not to sound too much like I'm in the bag for Marvel, but 
you know, first one through, you know, wins and, and Marvel was there first. Um, I will say if, if, even if DC were to come up with some compelling origin stories steeped in reality that had layered storytelling to them, they probably at this stage would still ring a little hollow because we've, we've been through, you know, two phenomenal black Panther movies. We've been through, you know, Iron Man, we've been through Avengers, you know, infinity war and Endgame. We've seen captain America. I mean, we've been through so many quality origin stories that, I just wonder if it'll just be derivative, you know, and, and, and just not feel unique and not feel like something different and and engaging. And so, and so I think part of it's fatigue, but I think part of it is DC is, is just a victim of, of timing and, and trying to establish something at a time when maybe people are looking for something new and, and not, you know, seeing kind of the same thing recycled over and over again, you know, um, you know, I, I'm certainly curious to see what James Gunn has planned for Superman because, you know, again, I think the other thing that plagues DC is where so many of their heroes and villains are gods. It's just hard to relate, you know, and it's hard to really invest yourself in in a story like that. I, I, I get, you know, I'm talking to a Star Wars fan who believes in space magic and Jedi and Sith and all this sort of stuff, but they're... I, I don't I guess I don't know quite how to articulate it, but there's something about DC that's just not genuine. You know, it just doesn't mm-hmm. feel genuine. It doesn't feel like I can connect to it in the same way. Uh, you know, I go back to Iron Man. Like, I never expected to be a Marvel fan. I, I never followed comics when I was growing up. I, I didn't collect comic books. Um, and yet, when I see Iron Man, it, it, it hooks me. You know, and because it appeals to me as a technologist and it appeals to, you know, just bringing that fictional world to some measure of reality and groundedness that, you know, you just hadn't really experienced before. How do you do that with Superman? You know, how I, I mean, yes, you have Clark Kent, but when he becomes Superman and becomes the invincible God, it's like, where's the struggle there? You know, you, you have to kind of manufacture things and, and at least up to this point, it hasn't been done in a compelling way for me. Maybe there's something to be said, you know, you know, in the future, but um, that, that's what I think they're dealing with is just, um, you know, fatigue, uh, poor timing, and, you know, just a, a sense of, of, uh, or just a lack of creativity when it comes to, to the stories, like, like, can, can they, can they put forth compelling stories that can engage audiences? And they just, they haven't shown their ability to do that yet. Agreed. Uh, I think that the, the last paragraph in this variety story, uh, ultimately the most important factor remains quality quote. There can be audience fatigue when it comes to the obligation of having to watch 20 movies to understand a new one says one exec, but it doesn't matter when the movie is good. Amen. That's the thing. And, and even Marvel has stumbled. And Marvel oh, yeah. was yeah. was knocking this out of the park for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it came down to overextending. I think they oversaturated. They were trying to put out too many movies in a year, and mm-hmm. they've kind of backed off of that a little bit. And they've they seem like they're regrouping a little bit. But yeah, it comes down to just you gotta make good flicks. You gotta you gotta tell a good story yeah. and, and and execute it well. The same yeah. way as like I have to wait and see how WrestleMania turns out because it's all in the execution. It's kind of the same with the movies. Like if it, great concept, but if the execution is bad, well, who cares? You know. 
And yeah. I think DC, there is something to, again, the merit of like being the first through the door because mm-hmm. now everyone's trying to be them. Right. And, right. and DC has been desperately trying to be Marvel. Oh my, it's, it's sad. It really yeah. is sad. Just yeah. watching them chase them. Yep. It's, it it's like the, the old cartoon with the, the big dog and then the little dog, you know, mm-hmm. Hey, this spike. Hey, 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 shut up. You know, it's yeah. the same yeah. thing. And, I, I just don't see it. Yeah, I don't see how you turn this around and, and make it work, especially when you really haven't seen. And everyone points to like this idea of like, oh well, you know, after watching Guardians three, you know, James Gunn totally knows what he's doing. And I was like, yeah. And James Gunn is also one who gave us the Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, like that mo- that movie had moments. But not nearly as many moments as a Guardians movie, which is either, well, maybe the characters aren't as good or maybe maybe James is one of those folks like a lot of us, myself included, who doesn't have all good ideas and needs somebody to be like, hey, no. uh, Yeah, that one's great. Yeah. You know, and kind of guide through that. Yeah. But left unfettered, we wind up with, you know, his version of, oh, I don't know episode one the phantom menace just over and over and over again yeah Yeah. everyone loves a good trade dispute (sighs) i don't know especially at one in the morning (sighs) walking out of that movie i was questioning my own existence it was the most (laughs) it was like the most philosophically bankrupt i've ever felt i'm like what who am i really but not questioning our friendship after i told you to go watch oh i was questioning that i certainly was (laughs) i didn't say nothing because i'm pretty sure you drove so i needed a ride home but i was i was definitely questioning that like oh oh, that's it we're done we're done done? (laughs) (laughs) all those years of buying beer that, well then, but then I thought. Then it got me thinking. I'm like, did is this payback for all those times that I called him up to pick me up at the bar? Like he was he was just playing the Damn long Skippy. game. Damn <laughs> Skippy. Oh yeah. So, anyways, I don't know. I think it's DCU is DOA. It is. So so say the Reaper. <laughs> that was well I love done. How you you jumped. <laughs> The man they called Tim over in the Blair Witch Suite jumped up. And he was like, ah! Well, it was great when you said DOA and it just like came in, bong. It's like, oh, yeah, the, the Undertaker gong. You're you're done. You're done. You're finished. Uh, and another thing. All right, sir. Well, what have you got for and another thing this episode? Uh, I am going to the well once again, but I, I'm doing so after having yeah. watched a, uh, j- just a great season three. Um, I, I know, uh, I, I've read articles that have, uh, where fans have questioned if, you know, just, just the quality of season three of Ted Lasso, um, as, and, and where it's unclear if, if this, if the series has wrapped up or not, but, uh, it seemed to it definitely felt that way at, at the end. Um, but, uh, if you have not seen, uh, Ted Lasso, it, it is a just funny, funny and, and very heartfelt story. Um, really dealing with some very, you know, kind of, serious, uh, you know, issues that I think a lot of folks deal with, um, but doing it in the context of this out of fish, you know, American football coach coaching soccer in England. Um, I believe you mean fish out of water. What's up? I believe you mean fish out of water because you just said out of fish. 
Oh, that was out. that was the entire phrase that you use. I'm like an out of fish. Like, is it an out of body experience for the fish? And what Three what would an out of body folks. experience be? Three hours of sleep. <laughs> you know what? Good I'm gonna God. bring Ed. I'm gonna bring in Ed Fett to finish this one up. <laughs> <laughs> accounting accounting tips from Ed Fett. Accounting and part time podcaster. Make oh. sure you save your bounty hunter receipts. That's right. You can write that. You can write those repairs off. The galactic tax code demands it. Uh, <laughs> yes, fish out of water story um, of an American football coach uh, coaching soccer for the first time in England. Um, it season one was just wonderful. Uh, season two was was excellent with. Uh, really interesting story and season three i mean just overall the series is is a great um just a great story around forgiveness around uh you know the you know dealing with mental health issues um but but doing so in a way that's not heavy-handed i mean it was just done in a very skillful and artful way um and and just i i just really enjoyed it it's it's i mean if if schitt's creek is at, at my you know the the top for me you know ted lasso is is right there with it if not far you know that far that much further behind so um do do check it out it it, it is it is just a phenomenal show and uh you know my my wife and i started watching it we started watching it then with our sons and our sons you know glommed onto it and really enjoyed it which doesn't normally happen mm-hmm. um so it, it's it, so it's now become kind of a family viewing thing for us but i mean just just a lot of lot of comedy um really good good comedy in it um and and just you know some very very heartfelt stories so do check it out it is on uh, apple tv uh ted lasso uh, season three, but if you haven't seen it before, watch all three. You will not be disappointed. I started watching that, and much like a lot of shows, I've just I haven't been able to find the time commitment. Yeah, to really to binge them. Like I've I've just yeah. I've I've been very choosy about the stuff I've been watching, um, which leads into mine uh, because uh, the past uh, this past week. Star Trek Strange New Worlds premiered their season two oh. um, uh, season premiere. And oh, excellent. I am. I, I so love Strange New Worlds. Uh, I believe we're getting an, one more season of Star Trek Discovery, which is another show that I, I absolutely love, hmm. um, mostly because that show has pissed off so many Star Trek fans. Um, <laughs> yes. Let the hate <laughs> flow through you. And I know that's crossing my metaphors. Um, oh, I wasn't prepared for that. Do it. Um, Bingo. But I love it. I, 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 I just, I really enjoy this show. I, I think the, the actors have been cast perfectly. Um, and, uh, just uh, overall, just a fantastic show. Nice. Um, and, and I feel like it, it manages to where some people felt like discovery, I think was too much about the overarching story and all Mm. that this kind of gets more back to like the OG series and, and next generation where it, it very much is like episodes, uh, you know, adventure of the week. Yeah. And, but there is carryover. There's definitely carryover. There are definitely themes that carry over throughout the season, but it is much more of like an OG Star Trek movie uh, mm. uh, show. And I, I do enjoy that about it because I, I love me a good, just a nice yarn that kind of wraps up in the, in one episode and then I'm on with my life. Um, but it, it, it's just very well done, very well acted. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I would highly recommend it. Go back, watch the first season. It's excellent. Um, you might, 
you might need to go and watch Star Trek Discovery because it it did kind of it was a spin-off of of that show so you do first mm-hmm. get introduced to a couple of the characters there Captain Pike specifically mm-hmm. um in that show and then it kind of springboards into strange new worlds although you can probably get away with it and it kind of catch catch as catch can uh but it is well worth it, it is on Paramount Plus uh highly recommend it Star Trek Strange New Worlds Excellent. Have you watched The Strange New Worlds? I have not. Um, I watched, I think, the first couple episodes of Discovery, and then I just, you know, similar to you, I just wasn't able to find the time. Um, we're mm. we're kind of working through right now uh, a future and another thing, Succession. Uh, we're watching that right oh, now. Oh, yeah. I want to catch that. There's so many shows. Like, yeah. another one that I started watching that, oh, my gosh, it's so wrong that it's so right. The Righteous Gemstones. On, oh, uh, I remember you telling me about that. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. It is, like, that spit insane and just yeah. so wrong but at the same time i'm like i, I kind of really like this show yeah and I, I feel like i feel like i'm going to hell for it um <laughs> <laughs> but, oh gosh uh, you know oh uh, my goodness but anyways uh, yeah so give it a watch if you can if not put it in the queue and and uh some night when you can't sleep start binging it it'll be great you won't have to move it. on to that one after we do succession i think yes yes all right. Well, thank you all for listening uh, and uh, and tuning in for another episode. Thank you all to the members of the Free Range EDC congregation. If you're curious how you can join the congregation, it's actually really simple. You just download the episodes and you listen to it. It, it, it sounds a lot better than what it really is, which is actually kind of how I describe this show. Is It, it sounds a lot better than what it really is. Uh, the idea is much better uh, and poorly executed. But you know what? We're charming. We anchor to things. We really do. Go on. <laughs> Shut up, Wesley. Uh, Anyways, uh, so be sure to be sure to uh, subscribe. You can go to freerangeedc.com. That'll take you to our Podbean page. You can download all of the episodes there. Subscribe right through the Podbean app. If you say, you know what, Uncle Todd, I have enough apps in my life, then you just go ahead and find us on one of the apps that you do like. I mean, hey, I'm not your. I, I, you're all adults. Go find it. You know how to Google. It's out you know how there. to do use the Googles. It's out Free there. Free Range EDC. You'll find us. Uh, we are on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Pandora. We are not, and that's the app, not the not the planet. No. Uh, that, you know, uh, and we're on uh, Google Podcasts. We're on Samsung Podcasts. We're on a whole bunch of other podcast uh, channels. You can find us there or thereabouts. Uh, you can also find us on the social medias. We are on Facebook. We are on the YouTubes. We are on Instagrams. All those are at Free Range EDC. If you have any thoughts, questions, or concerns, don't tell me because I don't give one crap. I'm trying to catch up on all my shows. I haven't got time to talk to people and all that. Yeah, and, there, and Tim has now turned off the light in the Blair, <laughs> and Blair Witch is sweet. He's just sitting in the dark. <laughs> just the screen shining off of him. Just... Yeah, basically. Basically. <laughs> uh, you Good can send Lord. those to Tim at freerangeedc.com. Any questions, thoughts, or concerns, shows, show ideas, or, you know, even if you just want to give us a shout out and be like, you know what? You guys are, you know, decent. Um, you just Not send all those to Tim at freerangeedc. Yeah. <laughs> 
How about a spelling bee? Anyways, I don't know why that shot up. But uh, and now I need to I need to stop talking because quite honestly, I'm starting to go sideways here. Uh, but not I'm going to hand it over to Tim, but not before I ask the second most important question ever uttered by human lips. The first, of course, being what is hip? The second being the hell did we learn this episode? Anything? Uh, we've learned all? the following, my friend. Uh, uh, we, we have learned. Absolutely. We have learned that uh, Uncle Todd, the man they called Tim, with a combined sleeping time of less than seven hours, can still somehow pull off an episode. No! God, please, no! No! <laughs> no! Even if only by the seat of their pants. <laughs> you are worse than Hulk Hogan. Thank you very much, Shiki. Uh, we have learned uh, CM Punk uh, is ratings gold for AEW, and uh, we are excited to see what uh, the great Phil Brooks is going to bring uh, to Saturday evening wrestling audiences uh, through it, uh, through you know his work and the work of, of that, that great group of talent around him. So excited Make to see what's going to happen. It will make you humble. Uh, we've also learned that uh, Ace Steel is probably a name one should not be using in uh, industries other than maybe certain ones that would star on Cinemax. But do it. We'll just leave it at that. Do it. Uh, do it. Do we've it. also learned. Do it. That- do it. Good God. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Uncle Todd is just losing his mind, and he's just mashing <laughs> buttons at this point. It's like playing a video game. I'm, I'm writing the pilot for Ed Fett, account, oh, space accountant coming Ed up here. Fett, space accountant. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, yes. Yes. I'm telling you, it would work. We've also learned uh, that uh, Cody Rhodes, Roman Reigns, WrestleMania 40, looking to be a very interesting main event and hope... Uh, just looking forward to seeing how that story plays out as we have uh, witnessed some very good storytelling the last couple months. We'll see if they have it in them. Yes, Shiki, thank you. Uh, We've also learned, uh, and I'll just sum it up with this, that the DCEU is DOA, quite frankly. Shut up, Wesley. Yeah, thank you. Uh, With all that being said, as Uncle Todd has expressed, and I will concur with, we thank you for your listenership. Thank you for the downloads, and uh, as we like to close things up here at the ranch, uh, it is last call time, folks, so as the old saying goes, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Hey, you got it right this time. because <laughs> I practiced. <laughs> the man they called Tim never worked security to bar. <laughs> you don't have to go home, but you can't go home. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> All right, uh, someone shut him off. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, be safe, be healthy, be kind, be good to one another. And, uh, well, for old time's sake, and just because I need to go to bed, would you please hit the lights on the way out? <laughs> you are worse than Hulk Hogan. I got picked the wrong week to quit drinking. I beg your pardon, what did you say? Damn! <laughs> you are such a disappointing pair. I prayed so hard for you. Get out and don't come back until you've redeemed yourselves. So say we all. So say we all. Amen. (laughs) Oh, that was a train wreck. That was fun. That was fun. Now get the hell out of here!